1: Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. On this episode, we are continuing our four-part journey into 80s fantasy movies with a look at Labyrinth. Labyrinth has a much better Metacritic score than Legend. that On our last episode, Legend, as we revealed and as I broke my panelists' hearts, only had a 30% out of 100 on Metacritic. And only had a 40 on Rotten Tomatoes. So <laughs> it's not loved at all by critics. And, you know, the audience score wasn't that high necessarily. But uh, but this one has a 50 on Metacritic and a 75 on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's, it's a much, much more loved one. Um, I think this also has probably a wider appeal than, say, Legend did. So that probably has something to do with it. But if you don't know what Labyrinth is... The plot synopsis is 16-year-old Sarah, played by Jennifer Connelly, is given 13 hours to solve a labyrinth and rescue her baby brother, Toby, when her wish for him to be taken away is granted by the goblin king, Jareth, played by the amazing David Bowie. Just a little bit of trivia for the David Bowie role for Jareth. And this is also a Jim Henson film, too. I think it's important to stress that as well. It's very Jim Henson. Um, And Jim Henson really wanted Sting in this role. Um, There were also in consideration were Prince Mick Jagger. I cannot picture Mick Jagger in a million years on this, (laughs) maybe Prince. Uh, and, And I could actually picture Sting. And then Michael Jackson, Jim Henson preferred Sting, but his kids convinced him that David Bowie, who had reached his peak mainstream popularity with the let's dance album would be best suited to it. And Bowie wanted to make a children's movie he liked the concept and found the script funnier and more amusing than many other contemporary special effects movies. So just a little bit of trivia, because just like when we said with legend wouldn't work without Tim Curry labyrinth would not work without David Bowie It just plain and simple would not work without David Bowie. And when we get into the movie and the characters, I will give you our poll results. Cause we did have a poll um, actually, when we get to the question that I'm going to ask my panelists, I'll get to the poll results of that because those really changed today. They were leaning one way yesterday, which a way that really surprised me. And today, though, they completely flopped and changed. So <laughs> I will give those to you in a little bit. But before we dive deep into Labyrinth, I'm going to go around and have my panelists tell me what they're into right now. So Sasha, what are you into right now in pop culture?
0: Okay, first of all, I'm first and that never happens. I know. That's so true. I was just like, thanks, what? Susie. <laughs> That's true. What just happened? I just thought of that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So my pop culture reference is purely to set Susie up. And it is, I went and saw the movie Elvis, which I enjoyed, but I'm an Elvis fan. So yeah, I went to go see it. It's I mean, it's Elvis. It's Elvis music. It's really about how um the dude the evil dude oh my god yes thank you i'm like the evil dude (laughs) uh totally screwed him and uh you know hooked him up with dr nick and ultimately you know killed elvis and i'll just yes but it's really to set up my dear friend susie for her opinion on the actor who plays elvis
2: yeah, okay, so I have this, like, weird train of thought about <laughs> Austin Butler, who I believe is the name of the actor who plays yeah. Elvis in the biopic. He he looks like a mix of a young John Travolta and Ray Liotta with a bit of uncanny valley thrown in. Because when I went with, with Aaron to see the film The Unbearable the the (laughs) weight of massive talent which is really great guys watch that fabulous 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 movie but (laughs) we that trailer came out and i just kept looking at his face i I didn't even pay attention to the trailer i just kept looking at his face and was like it uneases me somewhat but i don't know why (laughs) Like something about, like, it's like in my mind, the instant thought was Uncanny Valley. And then I was like, but why? Like, he looks familiar, but also not familiar. Like, what's going on? And then the um, Ray Liotta's, the news of Ray Liotta's passing happened. And rest in peace, Mr. Liotta. But uh, I saw that and I was like, wait a second. That's why. Yeah, it's the John Travolta, like, Grease Travolta and Ray Liotta and Uncanny Valley. Just like, Kuchum! yeah. And that's how that's how he looks when he's not in Elvis face. He looks like a human, but in Elvis, <laughs> in, in the Elvis look, it's 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 that mix, yeah. And I'm just like, wow. Mm-hmm.
1: So is that what you're into then? in pop? No.
2: Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to, I just needed to get this out there. I needed to put this out into the universe. It was killing me. I was like, I need to tell people he looks like a mix between three things. But, uh, no, so, oh, so it's, it's jumping to me. I'm, I'm Susie. Hello. <laughs> lovely, lovely panelists and lovely listeners. Tis I, the goblin emerging once again to to haunt your earbuds. <laughs> but I just came back from watching Thor Love and Thunder. So jealous. <laughs> and it, listen, Mr. Bale. That's if why I'm would jealous ever, you, <laughs> you should definitely come on this podcast and be interviewed about this role and many of your other also wonderful roles because he he killed it he did such a great job and I was just like oh my god this man like he's a villain but he's also making me feel things <laughs> like, oh the talent it just through the screen it's it's great kudos to everyone involved. Taika, Hemsworth, Thompson, Port- Portman. Yes. <laughs> Everybody, great job. Great job collectively. It's great.
1: Yeah, there, there's a reason Christian Bale is our unofficial mascot. Or, I'm sorry, Christian fucking Bale is our unofficial mascot. And, I mean, lots of reasons. His talent. is every, But he is such a humble person. He's honestly, when we did that month, and researching him and looking into further that's why i mean i already loved him but i loved him more because of that because of researching and watching interviews with him and you know he was really he was hesitant to take on that role because in the comics i guess he gore he wears a, a thong at g-string and Christian Bale's like, no one wants to see me in a G-string. <laughs> I beg to differ, sir. I beg to differ, too. But he's so I old. volunteer his tribute. <laughs> he's like, well, he was like, my body is really thin for what I was doing before. Oh. No one wants to see me. And there's Chris there. And no one's going to want to
2: see me in a, G- a G-string. To be a fly in the wall in, in, like, in the costuming room of like, okay, should we put him in a thong? I would have been the one lunatic in the back going, yes!
1: yeah so they that's, yeah that's i mean so but then after he talked to taika they you know and then also he also wasn't sure he was going to be doing able to do it because of scheduling mm-hmm. and his family especially his kids were like no dad you are gonna find a way to
2: do this oh yeah his it's kids so, are in there his, it's so his sweet in, in the in the special in the credits of the special thanks his kids are listed and I was like oh my god that's yeah. so sweet well they're in there his kids
1: yeah and- I know but I like I thought it was Tychus. cute that
2: they were in the special thank yous yeah yeah I
1: mean I haven't seen it yet but I mean that's the I mean I I, I actually like the character of Thor I haven't watched a lot of those I'm not um up on Marvel like a lot of people are um, as far as like caught up or anything, but I do want to see it and primarily for bail. I mean, let's be real. That's the primary reason I want to see it is for him. So, you know, he is our unofficial mascot. So I feel like I kind of have to see his stuff anyway, but I do want to watch him in that role and as a villain. And as, I mean, he gives 110% to anything he does. So it's like, you know, and I know a lot of people think he's uber, uber serious. He's also so damn funny in real life. So yeah, I, just, he's... They would, I just get him in some flipping comedy already, but yeah. So, yeah. So I, I have to see that soon. Yes. And yes, come on the podcast, Christian. I know when we were celebrating you, you were sharing the podcast to all your friends in LA. That's why we had such a jump in listenership in January in LA. I know that was because of you. <laughs> That's what I like to think It's because of you. Yeah. No, that's what it was. He's my dream interview and he does not like doing interviews, but he is my dream like top. I would drop everything to interview Christian Bale. I would Because he's so interesting and he, I just think it would be fascinating to talk about your career and your approach to your work and everything. I would not ask you any personal questions because I don't care. So come on the show, Christian. Well, what I'm into and it'll be to, de- Plug something we haven't scheduled it yet, but um, I'm into the boys finale, uh, was really good and intense. And if Anthony Starr doesn't get some damn Emmy love, (laughs) I'm gonna be so pissed. He's so damn good. I, I, I mean, I think Jensen Ackles is good, I, um, but Anthony Anthony Starr is like the he's the standout, he is one of the best television villains I have ever seen. He's so incredible. But I, we are going to be doing a live stream discussing the boys' season overall and uh, spoiling everything. And we might do it in a two-parter so that we'll just delve deeper into the finale since there was so much stuff to talk about there. And I don't know if Susie's going to be joining, but I know Carla is going to be there. Uh, Jen, my podcast, Brain Twin Paula will probably be there. I'm going to see if Tiff wants to be on and then a couple other people. I know Sasha won't come on. because She went do the live streams, but this will be a live stream only. So stay tuned to our social media, especially Twitter, to find out when that will be. Uh, and nobody voted for us not to do it. So we are definitely doing it. It'll be a lot of fun. It'll probably be on a Thursday will be my guess. Um, so stay tuned for more information about that. It might be it probably will end up being. After San Diego Comic-Con, honestly, because otherwise it'd have to be this Thursday, and I don't think that's gonna happen, but we'll see. Okay, so let's get into Labyrinth. So, Sasha, I know it is very weird that you're going first seat. Megan, unfortunately, she was supposed to be on, but she had internet issues. So that's why Sasha is number one or first. Um, so what are your overall thoughts on the film? And does this hold up today or have your feelings changed at all on the film? And I'm assuming you saw it when it was in the theaters in the eighties, right? I saw it as a child.
0: I much like legend. I love this movie. I see nothing wrong with it. There are no toxic tropes in it. There is nothing wrong with a grown adult goblin King wanting to marry and abduct a teenage girl. There is nothing wrong with it. It is all 100% fine. You cannot convince me otherwise. I refuse to see the problems. I refuse. You refuse? I refuse. I am so far down the river denial that I can't even see the shoreline. It's just, I love this movie. I love this movie. I can put it on like at any point if somebody, you know, my daughter used to watch it all the time and I'd walk in and she'd be anywhere in it and I'd just sit down and start watching. It didn't matter. Beginning and middle, like, I will watch it. We quote it all the time. It's just a standard in our household. And, yeah, it's amazing. I don't think it has changed at all. I think it aged perfectly fine. <laughs> perfectly fine. <laughs> yes,
1: no issues at all with a grown man wanting Not a, a teenager.
0: single issue. <laughs> Not a one. None. None. And you know he's a Goblin King, so he's probably like 1500 years old. It's fine. <laughs> it, there's nothing wrong with I, nothing. I will hear no nonsense that there are problems with this film. That's so Susie, are
1: you uh, so Susie is younger than Sasha and I, so you didn't see this when it was out in the 80s, but did you watch this then when you were a child and then do you still love it
2: the same? Your general thoughts uh yeah i'm younger than sasha by just a couple years (laughs) no unfortunately i did not watch this when it came out in theaters i I would have loved to though it would have been amazing (laughs) but (laughs) i've i've watched it ever since i was a kid and listen it is one of my top favorite movies like Everyone who's a listener of the podcast knows how much Aaron loves Donny Darko. This is my Donny Darko. This, this is my beloved like I love this one so. and i listen, I'm not far up the river of denial. I'm I'm like in the midway point i I recognize there's some. There's some iffiness with a with a with a grown-ass millennium old fey goblin king trying to romance a a, a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> there's some there's some oopsies there. Yep. There were some oopsies made in that, yeah. Mm-mm. But also, he's just so magnetic and just suave and just charming and Oh my God! It's so warm in this room. <laughs> I need to calm down. I need to calm down. Listen, he—it's <laughs> is among some of my first like kid crushes. So yeah, I would have—I I'll admit it. I would have fallen victim to the to this Goblin King. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 just it's 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 just what it is. It is what it is, man. It's yeah. I just I really love this movie. I love, I'll take any chance to watch it. Listen, I told Sasha the other day that I have like four different versions of it in Blu-ray and DVD. That's awesome. Because it's just a, it's a compulsion. I'll see it and go, ooh, wait. And the little, the little voice inside my brain goes, don't you have this already in Blu-ray and DVD? I'm like, yes, but I don't have it with that cover. So, you know, it's (laughs) going to come home with me. Thank you. That's yeah, um. It's a. Uh, I've got. I've got a whole labyrinth collection. My parents know how much I love it. That's how much it's like seeped into my everyday life. My dad, God bless him. One day he was out just looking at garage sales, and he found a wooden labyrinth like the one that Sarah has in the movie. <laughs> and he brought it home and was like, "Hey, it doesn't have the marbles, but I know you like it. Do you still want it?" And I was like, "Yes." Thank you. And it is now a part of my little labyrinth shrine. <laughs> yeah. this, awesome. this this movie is a, it's one of my great loves.
1: <laughs> no, I love that. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, I saw this as a kid. <laughs> this was, you know, this was a movie that was, I think, um, this one and Princess Bride um, were probably the two that were the most popular with me and, and also never ending story, but with me and a bunch of my friends, it was like, you know, when you were a kid, this was what you really liked. And plus I was a huge fan of, um, the Muppets. So then anything Jim Henson did was also a huge staple of my childhood. He was, I don't think people quite, I don't think some people grasp how, what a big deal Jim Henson was. Um, but Jim Henson was like a humongous deal to a lot of us growing up in the eighties. And so that was another reason it was. And then this was kind of, I I mean, I'd heard David Bowie's music, but this was really my big introduction to David Bowie. And I really, honestly, nobody else in the world could be in this movie and make it work the way that David Bowie does. And David Bowie is a a really, really gifted actor too. So um, that's, that's the other thing I, I, I think sometimes gets lost in the shuffle he's, he's a fantastic actor. But I, I love it and I am, am in that same denial <laughs> that yes, <laughs> if if this came out like today, say, and this was the first time I'd ever watched this, then yes, I probably would have huge issues with a grown ass man trying to seduce a teenage girl. But in in my heart, I'm like, no, it's David Bowie. He's so sexy, and it's just like, whatever. I don't care that it's wrong and problematic. I love love the storyline. I think it's really cute and sweet and funny, and every single aspect of it is, and I don't see any problems with what he's doing. And I want to say, though, I don't think the film is saying what he's doing is okay either. So it's not like there's any issue with that. It's not like they're saying this is a good thing that this grown man is hitting on this teenager. No, they're trying to make it so that, you know, they're trying to make it be wrong and they're not saying this is good, but it had the opposite effect on everyone. I know that watched this. So every single person I know that watched this when they were kids has the same thought of, and we'll get to that question of what would you choose? But every, every girl that I know at least is just like, yeah, I I mean, come on, it's David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> all no want to bite the peach. Yeah no one sees a problem with this at all. So it's like <laughs> um, so i and I think it also has something to do with your age when you watch this, too. I think that probably affects it as, as well. But yeah, it's just it's the same thing with like Tim Curry as the darkness, except for I think that character's a lot more twisted than Jareth is. But it's still the same kind of thing. It's still the same kind of thing of this really bad guy who likes the really young girl. (laughs) It's the same storyline. But I have no issue with it, especially in Labyrinth. I have absolutely no issue with it. So it's one of those things that it holds a special place in your heart. So I think you kind of just let that kind of stuff go. I'm not saying it's not okay to critique it because I'm a strong believer of that because we do that on this show. But I have a feeling we're not really going to critique much in this one. So just let you know, I don't think a lot of what we're covering these next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a lot of critiquing. I will let you know because these are beloved things and they hold a special place in our hearts. So, And I know we have a lot of Gen X listeners. um, So I know it holds a special place in your heart as well. Gen X and younger millennials and stuff. And it still holds up today. I mean, Susie, she loves it too. So it just crosses all...
2: But you're millennial, right? Yes, you're millennial. Listen, I'm just a cryptid that craw- crawled out of the woods, and I don't know where things are. Where I, came from. I don't know where I belong. <laughs> I'm doing my own thing. It's fine. Okay, yeah,
1: I don't, I don't know how. That. I'm so bad at that. I'm molexiled. Yep. Okay.
2: <laughs> run all my bases. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Well, let's get into the characters here, and you could also talk about their performances too. Um, so we're going to focus on the two main and then I'm going to ask everyone what their other goblin or other favorite character is. I'll just say other goblins, but what your other character, favorite character is. So Sasha, what are your overall thoughts on Sarah played by Jennifer Connelly?
0: I love Jennifer Connelly. I just adore Me her. Too. Just as a side note. The character of Sarah, I wanted to be like her. I wanted the fantasy themed bedroom. I wanted the Lancelot bear. I wanted the pretty Renaissance dress with the flower. Like I wanted, I, that that's what I want. Like I want that cozy fantasy theme that she had going. Her original outfit that she ends up in when she ends up in the labyrinth has not aged well. However, that dress again, what is it with me and dresses? It's the dress, (laughs) right? The masquerade scene with that dress that she ends up in the beautiful gown with her hair all the, Oh my God her performance i think was excellent she so desperately wanted to get rid of her little brother i grew up with a little brother i get it i get it totally get it she so desperately wanted to get rid of him and then when she did she was like oh snap maybe that wasn't the right thing and she goes on this epic adventure quest by herself Mm -hmm. alone just teenage girl huffing it going all right here this is what's happening And she did it. And she didn't question, like, anything. I mean, she said that's not fair a lot, but she just went with it. There was no, what is happening? Like, it was just part of her whole thing. Um, And so I I like the bravery that she showed. Um, Again, just the, I mean, she's kind of a badass in a way. She struggles with a lot of it. But overall, she overcomes... You know, and she gives her speech that she screwed up at the beginning and then she nails it and, you know, it's just, she is the hero of her own story. And I like that, that vibe.
1: Yes. I love that hero of her own story. I like, I like that. Yeah. So Susie, what are your thoughts on Sarah?
2: Yeah. I, again, also, I really love Jennifer Connolly. It's like, and also her performance in this movie is really great. Sarah is is presented as a very typical teenager. Your parents tell you to do the thing, and you don't want to do the thing. <laughs> you just want to keep doing whatever it is you were doing, or you just want to have fun. She would rather just go off and and play in kind of her own fantasy world and and have fun and make her kind of own adventures. But yet. Even her her stepmother tells her, like, don't you have friends? Don't you want to hang out? Like, I don't want to keep you at home, but you gotta go hang out, with people. And Sarah's very much tells her, No, I t- just let me do my own thing? I'm I'm not necessarily like other teenagers my age. And but she is also kind of on this sort of like cusp of womanhood where she still has a little bit more maturing to do. And through I think that through the course of her adventure in the labyrinth. She she does grow and she does do some of that maturing because and even though she she complains and and is and is very much like I don't want to take care of my stepbrother or half brother or whatnot. But when push comes to shove, she's like, Okay, I recognize that I did an oops, and I gotta fix that oops and save my baby brother. I don't care. She gets tempted, she almost falls for it, and she's like, wait a second, no. I have a brother to save. I'm not going to stick around here in this mirror ballroom. I'm going to go save him. And yeah, like Sasha said, she is very much the hero of her own story because even before her final kind of confrontation with Jareth, all her little friends that she's amassed and made throughout this journey, they tell her, okay, let's go get him. We're all going to go. And she tells him, no, this is something that I have to do. But No, and and they accept that they don't push and say no you need us they're like okay you got to take care of this on your own but just know that should you need us we're here and it's great that she was able to like through her adventure that she was able to build up that support system and in having their support and their love she's able to go face Jareth and get her baby brother back and it's and it's great it's I really love the journey that she goes through in this film I think it's amazing.
1: Yeah, because, you know, I mean, people could say she's whiny and she's a brat, but she's a teenage girl. She's being a typical teenager saying, this isn't fair and that kind of stuff. That's a typical teenage thing. That's not like something that, you you know, isn't normal or something like that or makes her like, you know, unbearable. Um, And I always loved this character and I always kind of wanted to be this person, like you said, Sasha, when I was young, especially. And I have a younger sister, as everybody knows, not as young as her baby brother. My sister's only a couple of years younger than me. But I understand that thing. Being an older sibling is rough sometimes. So, you know, it can be kind of annoying at times to be that older sibling. And so you get that. But in in your heart, you're like, you don't really not want them around. It's just you're you're a teenager. You know, my sister and I got into the worst fights when we were growing up. Horrible fights. But, you know, we still loved each other and I still always had her back if someone was going to attack her. And that's the same thing here is even though, you know, she's like, I wish she would just go away. And the second her brother does vanish, you can see she's just instantly like, holy shit. You know, she's just freaking out and very upset about that and and decides to go on a quest to find him. It's not like like she even hesitates. That's the amazing thing about her is... She's very active. She's a very active character. And she's not very passive. And she's very um, stubborn in a good way. And she is very strong and very strong-willed and very smart and intelligent. And I think when you're a young girl and you're watching this, putting aside any of the problematic stuff, but when you're a young girl (laughs) and you're watching this, it's pretty awesome to see a female character that is the hero and is going to go save the day and doesn't really it. She might have some moments of doubt and stuff like that, but she is on a mission and she's going to complete that mission. So even though she was annoyed with her brother in the beginning, that annoyance changes really quickly. And you see that there's that real love there and stuff. And I related to her in the um, making up stories and, that kind of stuff in the play is that she's doing in the park in the beginning very related to that. I used to put on plays for my for the neighborhood. We invite neighbors over to watch plays that I wrote and I was in something called kid skits which was like child acting school stuff when I was younger. I don't know if they're even around anymore. And I used to also put on radio plays and stuff like that. So I Could so relate to that. That to me was so relatable. That was who I was, was living in another world. And that's why film was so amazing to me and stuff like that, to be able to just escape to this other realm. And I think what she kind of learns along the way is that that's fine. But you also have to also be in the real world at the same time. And you can combine the two and still live happily and stuff like that. So I think she's a great character. And I echo the Jennifer Connelly thing. I think she is a fantastic actress. um, And she's so good in this. She's really, really good in this. Like, you know, uh, we talk about David Bowie and how you can't imagine this without David Bowie. I can't imagine this without her either. Honestly, it would not work without her either. So. Okay, well, let's move on to David Bowie and Jareth, the Goblin King that we all love. So, Sasha, what are your overall thoughts on this character?
0: The tight pants?
1: <laughs> I know, I really noticed that last night when I was watching. I mean, I've noticed it before, but oh my god, like, last night I was like, whoa. <laughs> the tight pants?
2: Yeah, I really want to see. know if there are statistics to how many awakenings those tight pants have caused.
1: That's true, probably a lot. Oh
2: no.
0: <laughs> my lord. Um, okay, so aside from the tight pants, <laughs> we'll overlook that for now. Uh, David Bowie is just he's so, uh, I don't like there's just this draw, this like raw magnetism about him as a person. He's just he has this energy and this whole demeanor about him. The character is arrogant and you know he's just got this whole cocky oh yeah watch this trick how do you like this trick how do you feel about this you know so he's got this whole thing i absolutely love him i don't i i don't have words for how much i love david bowie in this role so the end when he's like i you know i did all of this for you everything i've created is for you and just that like why can't you just like fear me But love me, but fear me and love me. You know, it's that whole, is he evil? Is he not? What is he? I just, yeah, I absolutely love him. I'm out of
1: words. Well, yeah, it's hard to, you know, end the pants. So (laughs) the tight pants.
2: So Susie, your thoughts? Ah, the bully bulge. What a gift. <laughs> Praise be to the bulge. <laughs> that being said, yeah, his performance as Jareth is just amazing because he does really bring kind of this otherworldly, kind of very fey energy to, to this character. And he, like you look at him and you think he could either be a thousand years old or he could have been created just in the moment for Sarah to go on this journey or, you know, and it's, it's just this like ethereal quality that he has, but, and, and like there's that he's very charismatic. He's very, he's not, he's not one dimensional. He's, he's charismatic. He's snarky. I, I love when I think they're in the hallways of kind of the oubliette and, Sarah tells him, it's not fair. And he just looks at her and goes, you say that a lot. I wonder what your basis for comparison is. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, you say everything's so easy. I'm going to throw you this curveball and then this. And there are moments when you can kind of see also his softer side, especially when he's dealing with Sarah's brother. He's like, oh, I think I'm going to call him Jared. He has my eyes and there it's just stuff like that that make you see like okay so he may not be all bad but still he's a very necessary obstacle for sarah to overcome but it's he's he's just magnetic and just he just pulls you in and and really kind of in entraps you because even especially in the end, when he when he's holding that crystal ball and he's telling Sarah, he, like 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 Sasha said, he's he tells her, "Love me, fear me, do as I say, and I will be your slave." And I just, I just, oh I just melt over that completely every time I'm like <laughs> I'm there screaming at the screen, "Forget that brother! Just tell him to send, just tell him to send your brother back, and then come get you in a few years." Or something, please. <laughs> and his outfits are just top notch. I think one of my most favorite outfits of his that he wears is the is the outfit in the end of in the, in that final confrontation because it it echoes so much his kind of owl persona that he also I think goes in is implied that he kind yeah. of turns into. It's just the look and also kind of the also kind of vaseline look on the lens and the swooping fabric. And, oh, it's just great. And I think it's so great to have this performance captured on film because it is really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's And, you know, the thing about
1: this character is that even though he's the um, antagonist and he's the foe and he does some bad things. He's actually, at the end of the day, he's not, not as an excuse, but he's not really that bad. <laughs> he's, he honestly isn't. And I think a, a big thing that he's going through is I think he's actually kind of really lonely. And, um, I mean, he's a, he's a king, but he's very lonely. He's with all these goblins. And I think there's a part of him, there's like this human side to him that he misses having that human interaction and Sarah, like, represents, like, the humanity in him and, like, another side of him that he so is longing for, I think. And I really think he truly, honestly does care for her and does grow to have really deep feelings for her. And the amazing thing about this performance is there's moments where there's vulnerability Uh, There's heartbreak in his eyes. You know, there's sadness. There's moments where he's like cries. And so it's not just this one dimensional villain type character. There's a lot more going on there. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that he's like the hero because he's not. But he's not just like, it's not just black and white. It's not just like, she's good, he's evil. There's a lot of complexities there with this character. And he's been doing this. You get this, you know, you're not sure how long he's been doing this necessarily. But you kind of feel, get this feeling that maybe it's just kind of become mundane and routine. And he needs something to spice it up a little bit. And this is kind of what's presented to him. And you get the feeling that he might have been because, you know, the transformation with the owl. And you see the owl in the very beginning, first shot. You see the owl there. So you get the feeling that he might have been around for a long time and was just waiting for the moment when she would say the right words and have him come into her life and summon him in some way. And when it finally did happen, you know, I think he liked setting out this quest for her, giving her this time, and then he makes it more difficult and all that kind of stuff. But I think he also wants her to win. I think there's a part of him that wants her to win. That you see these moments where he almost looks disappointed that she's not there yet. Almost looks just, you know, it's weird. It's this, it's very interesting. And that's why I say he's more complex than you might have thought he would have been. Um, And then just David Bowie in general David Bowie. And uh, we are definitely going to talk about David Bowie at some point. I'm thinking maybe next year it'll be one of the music people we talk about as David Bowie. Because he's another one like, this is why I could picture Prince in this role, because David Bowie, his sexuality is very, very much an integral part of who he is. And by that, I mean, he does not um, conform to gender norms. And he has always been that way with his music, with Ziggy Stardust, all that kind of stuff. He's always been kind of pushed the boundaries there. But he's and he's very, 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 he was a very, very sexual, sexual being. And I mean that in a very, very complimentary way, just like with Prince. That's one of the things I've always loved about him. And that transforms here in a very safe child way. But at the same time, there is that sexuality of, especially when you get older and you see it. And then I think also if you're like a preteen or something and you're watching this, it can also peak a lot of things in you sexually. Uh, And it's the way he holds himself. I mean, the first time you see him and even just seeing his shadow looming and then growing bigger and, and the way his hair is and the way he dresses and yes, the tight pants. I think there's so much sexuality there that it is this, but it's this sexuality that isn't just the typical male sexuality that you would see on screen or see anywhere else. It's this um, oh, very like approachable and very um, kind of like with Prince where it doesn't feel like he would not want you to be as sexual as him. He very much wants you to embrace your sexuality as well. And I think that just comes through with a lot of David Bowie performances. I mean, if you look at the Hunger which is another great, fantastic vampire movie. And I'm sure we will talk about that again when we talk about, um, when we talk about vampires and sexuality in October, but, but that's another one where his sexuality of course comes into play. Cause that's about vampires. And so he just has this way of just, he's just different and, in a good way and he's great to watch and he's fun to watch and he's having fun with this and he's not approaching this like this is ridiculous i'm acting alongside puppets this is so stupid he's approaching like this is so damn fun i am acting alongside puppets and it comes through and you might not have thought that ziggy stardust or someone would want to do this but you can tell he's having so much fun and that he's just gobbling this up and he he's just amazing he's just incredible and w- one of my favorite on-screen characters from the 80s for sure it's definitely this one and it's probably my favorite David Bowie performance would be this so yeah
2: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
3: The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better.
1: Uh, goblin or one of your other favorite what's your favorite goblin
0: i'm gonna go with ludo because he has rocks for friends and he's just such a big gentle giant
2: yeah
0: Uh, (laughs) i love i always loved ludo just because of that and um yeah the other one i'm just gonna throw just in there is the worm at the very beginning yeah his little hello (laughs) come in and meet the missus, have a spot of tea like, I just, I love that little guy where he's like, oh, she would have gone that way, she would have gone straight to the castle, like, Mr. Unhelpful (laughs) yes, you offered her tea but then you led her the wrong way (laughs) yes, yes, I I
1: love I love
0: the great traces there Yep.
1: and Susie
2: the worm is Sarah's subconscious the worm knew that if she made it to the castle right away, she wouldn't have learned anything gosh (laughs) no but i really i really dig the the fire gang that lives in in, in the in the the foresty swamp they're just (laughs) like no they're chaotic and crazy and they're they're down to just mess with each other and kind of also mess with other people but they do have a line Like, when Sarah starts throwing their heads around, they're like, hey, that's a friend of mine! How would you feel if I threw your head over in some corner? It's like, come here and face repercussions of messing with people's heads! And it's like, yeah, dude, just don't start throwing people's heads around. That's not nice. (laughs) They're just fun. They're just fun. I I also really like all kind of the little goblins that Jarrett surrounds himself with, especially the ones... That are in the closet at the beginning when they're trying to listen to Sarah say the words. They're like, she has to say the words. What did you say? They're like, shut up. <laughs> they're just talking to each other. Like, to say it. And they're all whispering and they're being really funny. And something that I love, and it's just something that I love about these worlds that Jim Henson cre- cre- just created. Because even though some of these characters we don't see them for. We don't. We sometimes we don't get to spend a lot of time with them. He, he, breeds this life into them that like yeah they exist like the worm. He's not on screen for a long time, but he still leaves an impression because they're just that well characterized and and brought to life and and created. And I think it's it's one of like the most amazing things that Jim Henson was able to do is just create these kind of like timeless characters that are just there's so much staying power they're so great i i agree yeah um yeah
1: it's really hard to choose honestly because there's so many amazing but i i'm just gonna give a shout out to hoggle because even though hoggle you know betrays her and does some horrible things i i I feel for Hoggle so, so much. He, he's one of those characters that, and I have a lot of these characters where I just am like, oh, please, please, just, just don't do that. This one time when I watch it, you won't do this and you'll do what you want to do because he likes Sarah so much and he doesn't want to actually, he doesn't want to lead her the wrong way. He doesn't want to trick her. He doesn't want to betray her, but he does every time. And every time my heart breaks for him because, He's so like, you know, he's like that grumpy old man almost, you know, he's got that grumpiness, but he's instantly enchanted with her and, you know, he, but he does the wrong thing and he hasn't changed yet completely, but you get the feeling and and he, you know, he does change and I just think he, I just love Hoggle. I just, Hoggle's one of my favorite characters in this and I know he does a bad thing, but I still. (laughs) him. I still just love him. I just want to hold him and hug him and <laughs> I feel so bad for him. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about the music because of course there's music in here because there's always music in any Jim Henson thing, but also you've got David Bowie. So, of course, you're going to have some amazing songs. So, Sasha, what are your overall thoughts on the music and the songs? and stuff?
0: So, look, y'all know that I'm older and lived through this i went through two cassette tapes of this soundtrack that is how much i listened to it like i destroyed two cassette tapes wore them out not like broke like wore them out and if you've ever wore out a cassette tape you know the Mm -hmm. sound that i'm talking about where it starts to go and you're like oh no oh no two of them i went through (laughs) i just i I don't know. Okay. For other than the fireys, which Susie loved, that is my nightmare material. I hate that scene. I fast forward through it every time. So that song, I'm not a fan of, but every other song, I love the sound. You don't
2: like to chilly down with the
0: wild gang. I do not. The (laughs) fireys freak me out. They freak me out as a kid. They freak me out as an adult. I can't, I cannot move past them. It's a, it's a personal choice. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but I love the soundtrack of this, and I mean, you remind me of the babe. What babe? Babe with the power. <laughs> what power? Like as soon as somebody says it, people who've seen this are going to f- chime in immediately. You all know the words. Yes. Um, so I think that the music, ca- the music doesn't carry the story; it facilitates the story, and it keeps it moving in a fun way. So yeah, I I'm all about the. The music. I wonder if I have that third cassette tape now. <laughs> You'll look for it. I should, if I can find the cassette, I will take a picture of it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have one somewhere. I just don't know what box mm. it would be in.
2: Yeah, go look for that. Yes, and Susie, your thoughts on the music? This soundtrack to this film is so fire. It is so good. Like. Do you know, I know like Stranger, like this is a little sidebar, people, when after the season four of Stranger Things came out and people were like, oh, so one thing was going around of what song would save you from certain death? I was, my thought was any song from the soundtrack would just pull me out of it immediately. That's the one in doubt, just they're like, Oh no, she's floating in the air. What are we gonna do? Just play the labyrinth soundtrack on repeat. And then, you know, yeah, it's gonna be those first notes of Magic Dance more than anything else, I think. It's just gonna be me floating and then going, Doo Doo! And then coming back <laughs> down. Yeah. <laughs> this, it's just, it's such a good soundtrack. And there's so many things, like one of my favorite. Kind of facts to share about the soundtrack that annoys my mother to no end because oftentimes she's the one with me when we're listening to this to the music is that apparently during Magic Dance when the baby says goo goo gaga uh when recording that line the baby that they had um on set didn't want to say anything and everybody was just like yeah. fine I'll say it myself yeah and the little baby sounds in in the official recording is him, and it's just so funny and it's so great because it also proves that he doesn't take himself too seriously. He was like, "Okay, we're not getting the sound. I'll do the sound. It's going to be great." And it mm-hmm. was. It's so fun. And listen, I gotta. This, I feel like this is the best place to just like slide this in. This as the world falls down is one of the most romantic songs that I've ever heard in my goddamn life. (laughs) I feel like one of the only reasons why I would enter into a union with someone would be (laughs) to have this song playing as our first dance. (laughs) And just either, either that or just my dream is to wear maybe the ball gown or just a ball gown and just flit across the ballroom. While this song is playing, because it is so. This song, that song is so like sweet and gentle, and it makes you feel like you're just dancing among the stars, even if you aren't physically moving. And it just, it's, oh, it's so great. Oh, it's so good. Like, each song tells its own story very well. Within you, it's so full of like longing and some heartbreak and oh, it's yes. <laughs> just listen to the soundtrack, people. It's like even if you don't want to watch the movie, which watch the movie, but if you don't want to watch the movie, the soundtrack itself, it's just oh, it's so good.
1: Yes, I I agree completely, and I I, I agree, Susie, that is one of the most romantic songs ever and i love the way david bowie sings that so yes it's it's amazing um so not really much more to add as far as like how wonderful it is because it is wonderful and it's fun and you know i hadn't watched it in a while um it wasn't as long as legend but i hadn't watched it in quite a while and i watched it uh yesterday as well and instantly remembered all the songs, knew all the lyrics, knew all the words and got very excited when like magic dance started and got very excited when all of the songs started and the music in general and the score and everything is just perfect. Um, It's another thing that like, you know, it, this movie is basically to me, it's like all these perfect little pieces of a puzzle came together and created this beautiful thing. Cause none of them would work without the other. And David Bowie's voice is so beautiful and when he's dancing, he's having so much fun. And again, that goes into that thing of like, you may not picture that this musician would want to be dancing with these, with these puppets and, and but he wants, he's having a blast and he's so good at it. And, and his voice is just David Bowie had one of the most beautiful, beautiful voices ever. It's like, liquid gold kind of it's just very smooth and soothing and a uh, sexy and just beautiful voice so yeah just one of those that um, was one of the most heartbreaking deaths ever <laughs> was his death so yeah so yeah I, I love the music very much okay now we're gonna ask the big question here and um, you can give both your answer for when you first watch this and your answer now if they've changed, um, but first, I'll tell you what our poll results are, because now it's actually a tie. It wasn't a tie, but it's a tie now. So I want to know, you know, if you, would, you, if you would leave, if you would choose either your brother or Jareth, who would you choose? And I want to say yesterday, brother was winning completely. There was only one vote for Jareth. On Twitter and, and I yes, and Sasha's pointing herself because it was her, yep. (laughs) On Twitter and Instagram, there was only one vote from Sasha for Jareth. And I was floored. I was like, maybe I didn't word this accurately enough or something. Or maybe people have just grown up and they're like, that would be horrible to choose Jareth over your brother. Well, today it changed on Twitter. And it became more like a bunch of people voted for Jareth. Well, a bunch, a few. And so it basically
0: ended up tied.
1: But I want to know. I already know, Sasha, your answer. So <laughs> I know you would choose Cherith. So, Sasha?
0: Yeah. So I, to be fair, as a child, I probably would have left my brother just because we fought like cats and dogs. Um, <laughs> we really did. And then we got older and everything was okay. I lost my... If people have listened, you know that I have lost i lost my brother years ago. Um, so I don't think he would be offended that I would choose Jareth even now. Because he's not here to judge me. So, And were he alive, I think he would support my decision anyways. So I 100% resoundingly would choose to live in a camp, castle in a fantasy world. And not here. Like, you have no job. You have no bills. There aren't any suck-ass laws that are being made about your body. And if you have rights or not, as a human. Like... I I don't have to worry about a car. I get to live in this fantasy world. Are you kidding? And you could still have Hoggle as a friend. You know, like, what? Yes, I, yes. And you have David Bowie. And David Bowie. (laughs) Like, how is there even a question? How are people legit? I think it's because people don't want to
1: look bad. I honestly think, I'm sorry, I'm I'm sorry to the people that voted brother, but I honestly think that, some, that people are like, this is horrible. Why would
0: you ever, you know, you have to choose family. I think your family would support your decision because your family <laughs> would want you to be happy. Your family would want you to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Who would want, like, hey, listen, bro, I have this chance to go live with this goblin king in his castle. No job, no bills, nothing else. Like, I get to live the lap of luxury. Who would deny their sibling that?
1: (laughs) That's hilarious. So, Susie, I I don't know. I don't know how you stand on this. So, I'm going to learn right now.
2: Okay, I'm going to answer for young me and then now me. Okay, young me... Would, would have, yeah, would have abandoned the sibling in favor of living in the labyrinth, mainly because as a kid, I really loved the false alarms in the oubliette, you know, the rocks that are like, leave now while you still can. Like, they were some of my favorite characters, and I would 100% leave a sibling to to ask Jarrett, like, can you turn me into one of those? Because I just want to just... Be a false alarm yelling at people. Don't do it. <laughs> Turn back while you still can. Like that would be so much fun. I, I'll i maintain that even as an adult. That'd be fun. But young me would have loved to have been a false alarm. Would have been great. Now me. Oh. Oh. I'm so sorry I listen I'm an I'm an only child so it's very easy for me to like besmirch any sibling responsibilities since I have none but even then I would I would still abandon said sibling to live with this man this the balls that we would have (laughs) would be so great (laughs) would be so much fun I would like, I would have him teach me the ball thing, you know, when he's moving the balls around in his hand. I'd be like, Can you teach me that and how to turn them into bubbles? Because he turned them into bubbles. Like, Can you make me all these fabulous dresses? That would be great. Thanks. You'd have so many parties with the goblins and all the, yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be a fun time. Weekly masquerades
0: by- at Susie's castle.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just like, Come on, everyone. It's going to be a great time. We'll have Ludo there with his rock friends. It'd be great. Oh, if we can figure, like you know how the rocks in the in the (laughs) in the the, uh, what is it, the pit of eternal stench. If we could find out what kind of breed the rocks are that make the fart sounds, if we found out if there were any more musical ones, they could be the musical entertainment. Ludo, Ludo and the rocks, Ludo and the rockets, Ludo and the (laughs) rockets. new band yeah see that's all all coming together yeah (laughs) that's funny okay well
1: i'll answer for both because it's the same choice but i but i have different thoughts on my decision so when i was young with absolutely no guilt, no shame, I would choose Jareth. I'd choose to live there with, I mean, come on, it's David Bowie. And you know, people know that, listen, that I'm not a fan, of, I'm not a big fan of blondes. I tend to go for the dark haired guys. But David Bowie is a big exception to that. Um, and Val Kilmer was another exception to that for me. But yes, I mean, big exception for David Bowie, because I mean, hello, he's like, Very, 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 very attractive and sexy. And he can sing to me. I mean, come on. He could also sing to me. Um, He can dance. Uh, He could create amazing things for you. And like you said, Sasha, you wouldn't have any worries about the, the way the world is going right now. And you wouldn't have to work. And you could do all these amazing things and have these incredible balls. So, yes, without a single shred of guilt when I was young, I would definitely choose that older i would still choose that (laughs) also because i'm like "Ah, babies are annoying so (laughs) but i have guilt over it as an an adult i feel a little Sasha's like no
0: there's not an ounce of guilt (laughs) not a shred i have some yeah no people are gonna come at me for that yeah, people are gonna come at me, no guilt. Zero.
1: I really and I could be wrong, people who voted to to save your brother. I could be wrong. But I think there is a little part of you that the reason you're choosing this is because you don't want to look like a horrible person.
2: <laughs> yeah. If anyone voted brother, just just like chime in somewhere and tell us why. Like not, not to be mean, but just give us the reasoning. Like why would What was the deciding factor? (laughs) Either that, or just tell us like, listen, I don't want to look too thirsty, and we'd be like, fine. (laughs) Or maybe they're one of those rare people that does this like, "Ew,
1: David Bowie. I don't like David Bowie." Uh, Then you, then we've got another conversation. (laughs) Yeah, then
2: we need to. Then we need to have possibly an intervention. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, I, that's going to end up being the, one of the clips I'm going to share is this. And then I'm going to put it out there and be like, hey, people that voted for the brother, let me know. Is it because you just felt guilty and you didn't want to look like a horrible person? <laughs> because we all choose Jared, So I do have more guilt over it as an adult. But Sasha has absolutely no guilt. <laughs> Sasha's like, I don't feel bad about this.
0: <laughs> not one little ounce.
1: And it's not really even like, it's going to be that bad for the brother. I mean, <laughs>
0: so, I mean, he's not dying. <laughs> yeah, if there were death, maybe I'd have some guilt.
2: But there's no, like, yeah, you get I to live feel- with the goblin. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of implied that, like, leftover kids just get turned into goblins yeah uh, so, and, um, you know, they'd be fine Which, yeah, we can dance together
0: and sing together yeah. and- right so yeah i mean there is an entire group of people that call children crotch goblins so
2: they're already goblins very much guilty of calling younglings um that <laughs> younglings <laughs> okay
1: well, it is time now, and I know both my panelists are playing. Of course, Susie will always play because Susie is part of my Finn crew, and she's the one who came up with the idea that we play this. So it is time now to play Six Degrees of Finn Rock. and I didn't say in our last one. Just a reminder, this is our vice unofficial mascot. I don't know if Sasha knows this. So if Christian Bale ever lets us down, which he never will, then Finn, I guess, would become the official mascot but i like having two so this is our vice unofficial mascot so we're gonna play six degrees of finn so sasha what are your degrees of finn from labyrinth
0: uh so mine turned out to be really quick because i went with jennifer conley and she starred in the movie noah and finn was actually in the film noah so it was super fast um
2: not yeah, that that I really wanted.
0: I yeah i was like that was that was super
1: easy <laughs> Yes, and and I want to say, Finn, skip skip a few seconds, okay? Just skip a few seconds because I'm sure you listen every time. Go, just skip for a few seconds here. I don't want you to hear this. I hate the way Finn went Rock looks in this movie. <laughs> The world, and he's got this. I'll have to show you a picture with Sasha. He's got this long, oh my gosh, it looks so weird. He looks
3: so weird.
1: <laughs> okay, so nothing happened during that time.
2: <laughs> yeah, there was a an audio glitch, you know,
1: <laughs> an audio glitch. Yes, so Susie, what
2: is your six degrees? All right, so I wanted to. Because I, I, I was like, oh, some people are probably going to go for Jennifer or for, or for David. So I wanted to try to go a little bit different direction. I was really happy that this worked out. So I decided to, to go with Toby's actor, which is Toby Fraud. Who is actually a puppeteer awesome. because of his exposure to his parents' work and stuff. And and his work is also a lot of fun. You can check it out on the YouTubes and other things. He's also worked on various films as well. But he worked on the movie Paranorman as a character fabricator. And working on that film also was Leslie Mann. Hope I'm saying that right. Who played, uh, she voiced a character called Sandra Norman. Sand San- no, not Sandra Norman, just Sandra. And she was also in the film La La Land with Emma. No, not <laughs> she worked on Cruits. Croods- Sorry, I'm like jumping ahead in my notes. Okay, Lizzie Man, Sandra and Paranorman. She also worked on Croots and New Age with Emma Stone. Emma Stone was in La La Land. And someone else that was also in La La Land was one Finland Woodrock. Just Finn. I don't know if like Finn is short for or or something. Finland. Listen, I only know that Finn is long for. I don't know. I don't know if it's short for something. Yeah, just wanted to put that out there. Finland. Yeah. Finland Whitrock. I don't know what 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 other possibility could it be? Finnegan. 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 I don't know. Regardless. Finn Wittrock
1: was. No, as <laughs> well. That's awesome, though, that you um, use that. That's cool that you use that actor. I like that. So mine is using David Bowie, and it also involves our unofficial mascot, Christian Bale. So David Bowie was in The Prestige with Christian Bale, was also in that. And Christian Bale was in The Big Short with Finn Wittrock. So that's why during Christian Bale month, we're going to have to figure out a different kind of way to do this, especially since we're also, this is next year, since we're also going to be covering the big short next year. So. <laughs> so that'll be a little bit, a little bit different. Maybe we'll have Finn on that episode with us. And he
2: can do his own little version. Manifesting. Like, it's going to happen. I'm manifesting
1: him for episode. my, for my uh, Magnolia episode. And, and he's, he's um, like one degree. Cause he was in death of a salesman on broadway with uh philip seymour hoffman and philip seymour hoffman's in magnolia so you know i did that for you finn but that that was that was a ton of fun i liked hearing all of those i was like someone's gonna take my david bowie one. i just know it (laughs) so that's why i had the jennifer gonnelly one as a backup (laughs) but then when Susie said i know everybody's gonna choose david bowie i'm like oh yes i can still do the one and tie it into christian bale too um, and The Big Short is a fantastic movie, too. And and he and Finn looks really good there as he does in everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> everything he's ever been in. He looks stellar. Even his, his hair. hair.
1: Yes, his hair is amazing in everything. Yes. Uh, but if you want to play the audience version of Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock, head on over. We have our July ones up now. So head on over to itsafandomthingpod.com and click on the page that's literally titled Six Degrees of Finn Wittrock. For the month of July, we are playing with Dawson's Creek, Girlfriends, Thelma and Louise, and Coming to America. And as a reminder, all of these that we choose are from episodes that we've covered in the past. So let us know how Finn is connected to all four of those things in Six Degrees or Less by submitting them there by July 31st. And then during the first or second week of August, I will randomly select someone to win some It's a Findom thing merch. It's free to play. It's a lot of fun. I always learn something new about Finn's biography, filmography and stuff from people's entries. I know these are all from you, Finn, using aliases. You've got another one, Finland. You can use Finland now. (laughs) Um, But this has been a ton of fun. And we'll be playing this game for the foreseeable future, including the audience version. It'll be new for four new ones each time. Okay, so we're gonna go around and have everybody say where they can be
0: found. Sasha. Yep, I am on the Instagram at vegan Geek Chick. You can find me there. Awesome, thank
2: you. and Susie. So yes, you can find me at the Bluebird at suzy q underscore sc and you can find me on instagram now yeah the instagram is no longer under listen i'm just gonna put out a little psa here if anyone who listens to this podcast followed me on instagram do yourself a favor and unfollow at suzy q underscore underscore sc just just, it's 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 dead to me now we just got it we gotta move on we buried the body we, we put endangered flowers on top of it so no one would come sniffing around and we're moving on. We're moving on. We burn the IDs. We stick them in snail tanks. We're, we're good. We're good. No worries. The new Instagram, however, is at the underscore crafting underscore cryptid. So, you know, check it out.
1: Awesome. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you would like to be a potential interview guest on the show, or if you have any feedback, feel free to head on over to our website. It's a fandom thing and click the contact us page there. And that'll shoot us an email. Um, and on our and next week, We are going to be covering The Princess Bride and Willow, and that was how we will round this four-part 80s fantasy deep dive movie thing out. (laughs) I kind of just expanded the name on there. And then also, just a reminder, I forgot to say it on our Legend episode, but we are going to be at San Diego Comic-Con, so if you are going to be there, keep an eye out for us on at least Thursday I will be wearing an it's a fandom thing pod shirt um, and then I will always have a pin, a pin on but um, I might but it might be hard to see it's really small. I do have new business cards um, I don't know if we'll have anything else but we'll be out there. so if you're gonna be there and you'd like to potentially be interviewed, Um, reach out to us via the contact us thing and just we'll try and see if we can meet up. And even if you just want to say hi, let us know and we'll try and find a place to meet. I know it's going to be crazy and insane. And Erin A., my producer is also going to be out there. She is more going to, she goes all the time. She's been tons of times. So she's kind of just going as a Congo or she's not. So we probably won't even be around each other most of the time but she's going to be there too. So keep an eye out for us and keep an eye out for our coverage on Twitter. And also I'm going to be doing like lives before going and stuff like that before heading out for the day and to catch up on things. So keep an eye on our socials for all of that good stuff. And until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black lives matter and stop Asian hate.
3: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. DW Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Hey, podcast
0: listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to GreatPopCultureDebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.